This morning, I love that I get to share not just to the adults, but to the kids, the youth, and the adults all together. And while I'm speaking today, I got my kids over at the table, and uh, they're putting a puzzle together. And that puzzle is going to kind of help explain our message this morning. So pay attention to, to that as they're putting that puzzle together. Well, as the kids said in the video, we are the church. This is one of our three core values around here at Zoe. We are the church. We don't go to church. We don't do church. We are the church. The church isn't a building. The church isn't an event. The church is a movement of God's people. It's a, it's a family of people, and we're all invited to be a part of that family. Well, this has been a year when some of the normal things of our lives have been stripped away, right? And even the way that we gathered as a church was a little bit different this year. You know, for two and a half months, we could only worship together online. It was the only option. And even since then, there's, there's many people, a part of our congregation, who have chosen to only worship with us online, to gather with us digitally. But with all the inconvenience from this past year, it's reminded us of one thing. It's reminded us of what the church really is. The church is you, and the church is me. I want to look at a story today out of the book of Mark, chapter 8. If you got your Bibles, you can turn with me there. It's one of those amazing stories about Jesus. I love stories about Jesus. It's so great. But, but more than this being just a story about Jesus, I believe it's a story about you, and it's a story about me. So beginning in chapter 8 of Mark, it says that Jesus is teaching, and there's this large crowd that's listening to him. Now, Jesus was like the rock star of his day. He was, he was like the professional athlete. Everybody wanted to be near him. Everybody wanted to see him. Everybody wanted to hear him. And so it says that Jesus is out teaching like he normally does. There's this massive crowd. And it says that he's been teaching for three days. Now, some of you think I preach long. <laughs> I don't preach that long. So Jesus has been preaching for three days. And he finally looks at these people and he's like, we got to do something. These people are starving. If we send them home, they're going to pass out on the way home. They're not going to make it. And so he says, we've got to feed these people. And the disciples ask a very valid question. How? How are we possibly going to feed this? Why? Because there were 4,000 people with Jesus. He says, you got to feed them. So Jesus says, well, tell me how much bread you got. And I'm sure the, the disciples are thinking, Jesus, these people are starving we obviously don't have enough bread to feed everybody, but they, they listen and they, they go see how much bread do we got. And they had seven loaves of bread. And Jesus does something very interesting. You know the story. It says he, he takes the loaves of bread and he, he breaks them. And then he blesses the bread. And then he gives it to his disciples who then go and feed everyone who's there. Says they does, he does the same thing with the fish. He says, how many fish we got? They bring some fish. He breaks the fish. He, he blesses it and he hands it to his disciples who then hand it to everyone else. And you know the rest of the story. If you don't, Jesus goes on and, and he multiplies and this, this bread and this fish end up being able to, to feed all 4,000 people. It's one of these crazy, amazing miracles. It's one of the miracles I would have loved to see and it's a miracle I'd love to have taken part in. I'd love to have had a, a little part in that and eaten there. But there's a, there's a little detail in the story that I think very often we just overlook and we gloss over. See, it's a detail that's true in this story, and it's also true in, in a different story where Jesus feeds 5,000 people. What is that detail? Jesus breaks the bread, he blesses it, and then he gives it to his disciples. He puts it in their hands. 
Why does this detail matter? Because I think this gives us a model for what the church, us, what we're called to be. You know, every week I have a big so what. I say, so what, what's the point of this thing? I got one simple big so what for you this morning, and it's simply this. We are the hands of Jesus. We are the hands of Jesus. You see, we aren't just saved for heaven someday. We aren't saved for his kingdom someday. No, we are saved for his kingdom right now. We have been saved to be his hands in the world, to be active. You see, Jesus didn't break the bread and he went and fed the people. No, he put it in his disciples' hand. They fed him. And you and I, we are called to be the same ones. We are called to be active, to be the ones bringing the bread and the hope of Jesus to the world around us. There's a passage of scripture out of Ephesians chapter two. It's one of my favorite little passages. Beginning in verse number eight, it says this, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. See, this is the hope of the gospel. We aren't saved. We are given this great and amazing hope because of our goodness, but rather it's his goodness. It's his grace that saves us. But that's not the end of the story. Because look what it says in verse 10. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. See, we aren't called to just sit back and wait till heaven. No, we aren't called to sit back passively and watch. No, we're called to engage. We're called to get active. In fact, this is the truth. We are God's plan A and there isn't a plan B. See, God wants to be active in this world. You know how he does it? He does it through us, the church. We are the hands of Jesus. So what does that look like? How do we function as the hands of Jesus? I think it's three ways. Number one, we're the hands of Jesus to one another. See, if we are the church, we must be the church first and foremost to one another. We must care for one another. We gotta stand with one another. Zoe isn't an organization. It isn't. Zoe is people. It's us. I know sometimes people say like, I can't believe the church does this. I can't believe the church doesn't do that. We're asking the wrong question. We gotta say, am I doing this? Am I doing that? We've gotta ask ourselves this question. How am I serving others at Zoe? How am I loving others at Zoe? How am, how am I looking to give rather than just looking to receive from Zoe. That's what we gotta be thinking about. And as I thought about this, there's so many of you that inspire me. I think about our church, it's full of amazing people, this past year especially. With some of the hard things that have been going on, so many of you have stepped forward to serve one another. Through Zoe Cares, you've, you've looked for ways to meet one another's needs, to give, right, to pray for one another, to financially give. There's so many of you I know, when, when other people don't even know about it, Sometimes I hear stories of what you're doing, the way you're giving for one another, the way you're loving one another, caring for one another. It's just a beautiful thing. You inspire me. See, that's what we're called to be, first and foremost, that we are the, the body of Christ for one another. We are the church, the hands of Jesus for one another. I wanna give you a, qu a quick challenge. When we gather in person, whether it's at Z Kids or, or whether it's in the sanctuary or whether you gather with us online, what if we began thinking this, how can I see someone else? Rather than thinking about, I hope somebody sees me, what would happen if we thought, how can I see someone else? How can I care for someone else? How can I be the hands of Jesus 
for someone else. The second thing, though, is we're the hands of Jesus to our community. See, Zoe Church is gathering right now all across our city. It's, it's in your home. It's all across this area. And what if we would get a hold of that? What if we would take hold of the fact that the church isn't just gathering in one location, but we're spread all over and we could have a greater impact as we're the hands of Jesus right where we're at. I mean, some of you in your neighborhoods with coworkers, with your classmates, what would happen if we would really see ourselves as the church in those places, being the hands of Jesus? I see you do that, man. Again, you inspire me. I see you ministering to neighbors, to coworkers. I see you inviting your classmates your, into Z kids, inviting them to youth, inviting them on Sundays. And we've seen people come to faith this year because of the steps that you have taken. It's amazing. It is a beautiful, beautiful thing. That's what we're called to be, to be the hands of Jesus to our community. Finally, we're the hands of Jesus to our world. You see, some of you may be called to be missionaries. You may be called to the ends of the world, but many of you won't. Many of you are gonna live out your faith right where you're at. But you see, every time you give here at Zoe, you're being a part of what God's doing around the world. You're being the hands of Jesus. When you give above and beyond, when you sacrificially give, like so many of you have done over this past year toward kingdom builders, you're investing in the kingdom of God and you are being the hands of Jesus. See, that's what we're called to be. We're called to not just simply sit back and watch what's going on, but to engage. We are the hands of Jesus. Think about that puzzle that my kids have put together. And your pictures are on that puzzle. All of our pictures are there. And that's what God's desire for us is, that we would be the ones active in the world. When people ask, where is God at? What is he up to? They would just have to look at us and see that he is active in the world. So I wanna give you a final challenge. And it's, it's a really simple one, and it's this. Let's get our hands dirty. <laughs> Let's get our hands dirty. Think of this last year with COVID. We've, we've been really good about keeping our hands clean, right? Like we're always washing our hands. We're using the hand sanitizer. A lot of times we don't touch things. We're using other limbs to open doors so we don't touch anything. And that's fine when you're trying to avoid germs. But listen, as followers of Christ, we can't operate that way. We're supposed to get our hands dirty. We're not supposed to lean back and say, I don't want to get involved. It's not my thing. I'm going to keep my hands clean. No, we're called to, to get involved, to be active, to do something. Why? Because that's exactly what Jesus did for us. He didn't keep his hands clean. In fact, he took a nail in both of his hands for us. And he's only asking us to do the same thing he did. Would we be willing to get a little dirty, to get our hands a little messy as we lean into what God is calling us to do? What is he calling you to this year? I don't know. But my challenge is for every single one of us that we would take a step this year. Maybe it means we need to lean in and volunteer somewhere. Maybe it means we need to give in some way. Maybe it means we need to go to a neighbor and start investing our time in that relationship. I don't know what it is, but my challenge to you is that we would get our hands a little dirty. And this year, we would truly take hold of the calling that we are the hands of Jesus. Can I pray for you? Father, we thank you so much that you have invited us into your story. It's not just sit back and wait till heaven, but God, you have something for us to do today. I pray you'll help us to be faithful right where we're at. 
that we would use everything that we have at our disposal to be the hands of Jesus to a lost and broken world that desperately needs you. God, may we engage this 2021 with everything we've got. We pray that in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm gonna invite my family out to join me now at this time as we close our time together by taking communion. We're gonna end 2020 this way. And uh, so if you haven't already got your solid and your liquid, I would encourage you to go ahead and do that. But this morning, uh, we're taking communion with goldfish and water. And uh, there's a couple reasons why we take communion. There's a few reasons. The first reason is to remember. It's to remember what Jesus did for us. Remember? The bread, we remember Jesus' body that was broken for us and what he paid for us. But the liquid, it's a reminder of Jesus' blood, that his blood washes us and makes us brand new. It makes us clean. And that's part of the reason why we take communion. But we also take communion to remember this. Right now, we're in houses all over this community, but we are one body. And when you join the family of God, it isn't just you and Jesus, it's all of us together. And some of you right now, you are by yourself. You're alone wherever you're taking communion, but you aren't really alone. There's a God in heaven that loves you, and there's a family, there's a church family that loves you, and we're in this thing together. And communion reminds us of this, that we're all in this thing together. And so it says that Jesus said on the, on the night he was betrayed, he took the, the bread, and he said, this is my body. We say, thank you, Jesus, for your broken body. Let's eat together. And in the same way, it says after dinner, he took the cup and he said, this is my blood that was shed for you. And so we say, Jesus, thank you for your blood. Let's drink together. Let's pray together. God, we thank you so much for your broken body. We thank you so much for what you have done for us. And we're so grateful for that. But God, we're also so grateful that we get to be a part of a family not just in our own homes, but the family of Zoe and the family of, of God all around the world. And we thank you for that hope, God. I pray that we all constantly be reminded that we have a family that loves us, that cares about us. And Father, I pray that you'll continue to help us to live out as the hands of Jesus all around the world. God, be with us this year, we play, pray, and help us to be what you desire for us in this world. Pray that in Jesus' name.